Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for tuning in to Perks Pod Podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you. I know it's been a minute. Since I have released an episode recently, I had contracted COVID for the second time. So that was fun. Um, Still having some symptoms, um, scratchy throat, cough, which is coming in about now. (coughs) So if I start having coughing fits in the middle of this podcast, please forgive me. Um, I caught it about four or five days ago or (coughs) yeah, I should say about five days ago. Um, had to bunker down in my house. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't as bad as the first time I got it. First time I got it, uh, when I had started having symptoms, the very next morning I woke up with like a 102 fever. Um, haven't dealt with a fever uh, this to go around, thank God. Um, but it's been a lot of um, a lot of coughing, scratchy throats. Uh, I was having a little bit of body aching the first couple of days, but I haven't uh, had that happen in uh a few days so i think the worst is over uh not that it was really bad to begin with um so my body's really just coughing the rest of it out now as annoying as it is it does let me know that it's nearing its end thank goodness um being cooped up has had uh its silver linings too uh even though i couldn't go out with friends or go to work and make money i I was able to spend my time resting reading books, playing video games with the boys as well, and also just being creative. (coughs) For those of you who do not know, uh, the ones who know me and I haven't told or just don't know me at all, um, I am in the process of working on a book, Um, more specifically a book series. I expect the series to go no more than four or five books, uh, definitely no more than five. I call it uh, the Bloodstone series, and uh, I know most of you guys, uh, if not all, I feel like all should know, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, all of you should know about that show. Uh, It is one of my favorite shows uh, growing up, uh, was one of my favorite shows, still is, and it was the show that made me fall in love with the aspect of elements. Um, As you should know, Earth, Fire air, water, um, you know, those four elements, (coughs) benders, people who control those elements, um, and then the avatar who controls all four. Watching that show, growing up and reading comics and superheroes and all that and other pop culture mediums, um, 
I just fell in love with elements and just the ability to manipulate them. And I would say, uh, even in reading Greek mythology, you know, a lot of the a lot of the powers that came with Greek mythology were elements of nature: uh, Zeus, Poseidon, um, even Hades. Uh, so stuff like that, I always found extremely, extremely interesting. And I decided to basically make my own world with it. Um, now, it does have the four elements that you would find in Avatar. But I do have one additional one, which is the element of life. Uh, mostly dealing with, like, you know, plants and things like that. Um, one of the biggest obstacles of creating something like that is making it so making it so unique and original to where it will be its own thing because the last thing I want someone to do is to read you know whenever I produce this thing um to read my book and be like oh it's a knockoff avatar or it's another version of avatar and that's like the last thing I want to do even though I might be setting myself up because I draw so much influence from Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, I'm also doing my hardest to make it as original as possible. <coughs> One thing different from Avatar, for sure, uh, I want to implement a lot of uh, a lot of science in my book, in my books. My world, I want to have a certain set of rules and a certain... Um, a certain guideline to how things work so that it will give way to a lot more, uh, a lot more realistic things and realistic concepts. So one of the things that I want to bring up is, um, lightning. So if anyone has not watched Avatar, I will say right now that you're stupid. Uh, also go watch it. Um, in Avatar, <coughs> Jesus. In Avatar, the element uh, of fire, firebenders, they are the ones who are able to bend lightning, or able to use and control it. Now, I did some research on lightning, and I will say that when it comes to controlling lightning in the Avatar world, there's not really much to be explained, and no one's like sitting there. Well, how can firebenders control lightning? It's just a part of their power. It's just once you get to a certain level of firebending, you'll be able to control lightning. It's just it's just something we accepted. However, with me, I wanted to take a more scientific approach. So, uh, in these last couple of days uh, that I have been cooped up in this place, I have done some research on how certain phenomena occurred. Um, and how they could possibly be manipulated. And the funny thing is, what I've learned is, in Avatar, firebenders are the one who can bend lightning. But in reality, in our world, in our real life world, if benders existed, and I would get, I would say that outside of purely fire, water, air, and earth. The ones who would be most likely to actually produce lightning <coughs> are waterbenders. So, in clouds, in the thick, big, dark, poofy clouds that you see above that produce said lightning, 
how lightning is produced is the water droplets and uh, even ice crystals that are formed within those clouds. When they start to collide and run into each other within those clouds, they create electric charges. Negative uh, charges sit on the bottom of the clouds. Positive charges sit on the top of the clouds. And a lot of times, uh, most lightning that you see is from cloud to cloud. Uh, you see the charges interacting with other charges from clouds. But sometimes uh, there are electric charges on the ground that interact with the ones from the clouds. And you see that's when you see from those cloud to ground lightning strikes. But basically, all of that is formed because of water. The water molecules, water, the really small water droplets and the ice crystals running into each other, creating electric charges has nothing to do with fire. Um, actually, <coughs> uh, has nothing to do with heat at all, other than the fact that those clouds are mostly formed uh, so big because of warm and cold air clashing. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. And uh, certain things like uh, an avatar, um, waterbenders can change water from, uh, you know, from its solid to liquid to gas form uh, just, you know, at will. Now, the thing about that is that requires a change in temperature. That requires manipulating temperature. And there are certain rules that I set in my world, in my book. Uh, and let's just say that um, there's only one uh, elemental influence that can uh, manipulate the temperature of things. And water is not one of them. So I started looking up things how you can, you know, make water freeze or, you know, make water evaporate uh, without changing temperature. And the crazy thing is there's so many ways that you can do that. <coughs> For instance, uh, making ice at room temperature is very possible if you know how to manipulate the molecules of water. So <clears throat> there's two ways you can do it. One will be an ice that you're used to seeing, the type of ice that comes out your freezer. And the other one will be an ice that you're not used to seeing. Uh, that may sound confusing, but I'm breaking down to you. So there's two scientific ways uh, that I know about to make ice at room temperature. One of them is probably the most impossible one is to compress the molecules at a pressure that is equivalent to 10,000 pascals. Now, um, that would be like putting something 64 miles below sea level in the bottom of the ocean at that pressure. <coughs> that is a lot of pressure. Uh, I don't even know if you can fathom how much pressure that is. And it would create ice at room temperature. However, it would not be cold ice. It would not be the ice that we know. It's just a block of, con uh, of compacted, pressurized water molecules. Wouldn't even be cold. Um, that's the most unrealistic one to do. I mean, it's possible, but just extremely hard. The second one that they have actually tons of videos on YouTube is boiling water to produce ice. I'm going to say that again. Boiling water to produce ice. I'm going to go full nerd mode here because I thought this was probably one of the most interesting things I've ever watched. If you were to create a vacuum, and uh, a lot of people don't uh, may not know, uh, the boiling and melting point of water is actually 
um, directly tied to atmospheric pressure. So that's why you can create ice uh, at a crazy amounts of pressure at room temperature. <clears throat> I've also seen this happen in front of my eyes. You can also boil water at room temperature if you basically put water in a uh, capsule or any type of uh, any type of enclosure and create a vacuum. Then you're able to basically boil it in the palm of your hands. So when water boils and evaporates um heat is absorbed and released uh when water evaporates in order for it to evaporate the water droplets have to absorb the heat and then when the water meets that point and where it officially evaporates that heat is released <coughs> it is the reason why you can actually catch hypothermia in 102 degree weather uh you go to somewhere like Arizona or New Mexico with that dry, dry heat and it's really hot outside, get out of a pool, sunbathe, it'll evaporate the water off your skin so quickly that it absorbs all the heat from your body. And you can actually catch hypothermia in 100 plus uh, weather conditions. I think that was, uh, that's so interesting to me. And um, I actually had a, a science teacher in high school who told me that happened to him where he got out of the pool and then next thing you know, he basically got chilled to the point where he had to go like and heat up. And he was in 102 degree weather in Arizona. Um, but anyway, uh, you create some kind of vacuum and you boil the water at room temperature. And as the heat continues to be dissipated from the water molecules that are turning into vapor, uh, all that heat is releasing and dropping the temperature of the water and it starts to freeze. So you're freezing water by boiling it um, in that vacuum. And these are the type of things that uh, I'm going to be implementing in my book. A big scientific approach. Um, it's also why the environment that my book is going to be based around is going to be steampunk. Um, I think steampunk is the perfect, uh, the perfect middle ground for where technology meets uh, technology meets nature, where you use actual natural processes to create the technology that runs, you know, your society. Steam engines, uh, you know, stuff like that is very steampunk ideal. <coughs> so, um, I've just been doing a lot of research on that stuff like that, uh, looking into things, making, uh, things different from Avatar, uh, Oh, and one of the biggest things that I want to make different is the fact that, you know how in Avatar you have benders, and each bender can only do one element, um, except only for the Avatar who controls all four. In my book, most people will only be able to control one element. However, um, there are going to be, there. I, I even have a term for it, there's going to be people who can control more than one element. And there's five elements, there are going to be people who... Uh, technically, <laughs> technically have an affinity for all five. I don't want to give away too much, uh, just in case, you know, uh, maybe some of you reading, uh, or listening to this might eventually read it, but there's going to be different pros and cons to people who are able to control more than one. Um, and just all those, uh, you know, applications that I want to put in my book. It's, it, it's very exciting. You could tell that I definitely, uh, I'm excited to work on it and that I'm 
actually having fun with doing scientific research on it. It's a bunch of, sounds like a bunch of nerd stuff, and in a way you're right, but I enjoy it. So uh, I would definitely keep people posted on uh, the progress of that. Um, really with this podcast, I really didn't have any specific direction I wanted to take. Uh, I also do want to talk about, um, I want to talk about opinions. I want to talk about opinions and comedy because I've been seeing a lot of both recently. You know, it's really sad that a lot of comedians today have to put disclosures in the middle of their sets. Like, oh, these are all jokes. Oh, I don't really mean this. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I can't stand where we've come with dealing with opinions. Uh, not even in the comedic world, but in general. Uh, do you remember when you were in middle school and your opinion was either crapped on or it was ignored or it was just like, yeah, I agree, but you never got canceled for your opinion or no one ever tried to get you kicked out of school for your opinion. Um, well, depending on what your opinion was, but anyway, uh, the opinion that didn't <laughs> support communism or genocide or whatever, as long as it didn't do that, no one cared about your opinion. No one cared about it. No one sought to, to, uh, you know, to have repercussions happen because of it. Um, I just miss that, man. I I don't I don't like the fact that comedians have to go up here and send these disclosures now about like, oh, this isn't how I feel actually, and these are all jokes. And the sad thing is, we have to. Um, and you know, it's funny, uh, one of my favorite comedian, Dave Chappelle put it the best way when he was talking about DaBaby, um, talking about how DaBaby had killed someone in North Carolina in a Walmart, shot him. And he said, when that happened, his sales actually, uh, went up, nothing happened. Uh, everything was fine and hunky dory, you know, he shot a dude, killed a dude in Walmart and went on about his day. And then, you know, when he made comments at one of his concerts about the LGBTQ community, it is a mouthful, so I'm just say the community. Uh, when he made comments about the community that they, even Dave Chappelle was like, that's a little harsh, um, his show got canceled. And Dave Chappelle was like, yeah, you can you can shoot shoot a man, you can gun down a man in Walmart and everything be, you know, fine and hunky-dory, but you better not make any comments about the, the community, otherwise you get canceled. I thought that was a, that's always one of the biggest, you know, uh, examples that pop in my head because that just shows how crazy that is. Like, I want you to register how crazy that is for someone to be able to kill a man, go to a concert and actually have increased sales. And then for him to make just an opinionated comment about the community, even if what he said was outlandish or out of pocket. It didn't affect nobody's life or health to to say something like that. I don't know what he said. I didn't research exactly what he said afterwards, but I just know that there's no possible way that a comment like that would, you know, would do something like that. Unless he <coughs> unless he called the community an abomination and told all of his followers to, you know, if you 
found someone that was part of the community, you know, gun him down or anything. And I highly doubt. Uh, actually, I know he didn't do nothing like that. But I feel like as long as it's not like outlandish like that, then, ooh, you know, just what's the point? What's the point of, of canceling, you know, someone that doesn't have anything to do with your life? And uh, what's crazy is another thing with artists, uh, Lil Nas X, he is part of the community. Like, you know, <laughs> he's part of that community. And he made a joke on Twitter about, like, some drama with a guy and was like, um, said something along the lines of makes me wish I can go straight again or, uh, like, guys like these uh, – you know, I don't know, some about going straight again, just a joke about uh, going after women now. And to see how many people in the community backlashed at him and like just dogged him and was like, you know, throwing a fit like he's making fun of us like this is a choice or, you know, he's making fun of our lifestyle or just uh just demeaning us as people and I looked at it and Lil Nas X issued uh he he put out another tweet saying that it was just a joke that he really didn't mean it but I was like that doesn't make sense to me you know to like that's like that's like me going on Twitter or Facebook or whatever have you and saying man got pulled over another ticket man if only I could be white and you know talk my way out of a ticket and just make a, a stupid joke like that, that everybody knows, like, is a cliche, you know, white people have it better with the cops than black people do. That's like me making a comment like that, and all the black people I fo uh, follow and that follow me come around like, oh, so you're demeaning black people or making fun of black people or saying that, um, you know, basically talking down on what it means to be black or whatever. And I just can't fathom that, yo. And, you know is stuff like that it just baffles me and it makes me sad because it's like if things keep going in this direction that it's been going for like the past five six years I feel like comedy is gonna end up being just being banned altogether like we'll be able to make jokes about nothing but airplane food and 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 cheesy one-liners that nobody finds funny anymore and just to see comedians have to start doing that, making these disclosures in the middle of their sets and people coming up to them afterwards, making comments about certain things and how that's insensitive or blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, bruh, I think that there should be like a, like a survey now. And the survey should just have a whole bunch of questions about jokes and about what you would get offended at. And if you click get offended to any of those things, you should not be allowed to go to the concert or to the uh, to the show. You should not be allowed to go to the special, whatever comedy thing they have going on. If you click yes to any of these boxes that you get offended at, you should just not be allowed to go. Because what's the point, bro? Like, why do you take yourself to these places knowing the comedian, knowing the type of material they have, and then still going up to someone afterwards and be like, why did you do this? This is offensive. Why would you do, why would you say this? 
It makes no sense to me anymore. And for a lot of us, not even comedians, but just regular people, like even me, comedy and laughter to me has been a very, very viable source of healing or coping, dealing with things. Um, you know, I've made jokes. Uh, people who know me, my biggest insecurities, I make the most jokes about because that's how I like to just deal with things. And that's how I become more accepting of things. I make jokes and I laugh at things and I laugh at myself. Um, and I've even had people get mad at me for making jokes about myself. Like some, uh, I remember I made a joke about something, uh, about myself and then someone actually got upset and was like, stop doing that. Like you're just putting yourself down or whatever. And I just looked at them and I'm like, yo, shut up. Let me make jokes about myself because this is how I like to deal with things. And if you don't like it, then just go somewhere else. Because how are you going to get offended for me, at me? Like, I want you to process that. <coughs> and especially the the Karens, man. The Karens. This Like, the fact that that became a noun, an actual noun that we use commonly today should show you how out of hand it is. The fact that I can say Karens and at, well, I think it probably became so popular because Karens are just for in general, not just comedy. Karens at a store, Karens at a comedy show, Karens at a, a freaking ball game. But, um, you know, it's just, just too much to think about. And there's already so much to, to complain about so much to be mad about so much, stuff that goes on in the world that just makes you just want to hang your head low that like why go after the people that are trying to you know just cheer people up and yeah in my opinion there are certain things that may be too soon to joke about or just shouldn't be joked about but if you see how I deal with it I literally just turn it off I stop listening I just go about my day. I don't make it a, you know, a case to just go out and and dog somebody for their sense of humor or try to cancel them and say, don't watch this, blah, blah, blah. Because what I may not find funny, somebody else may find hilarious and they might relate even more than me. And that might be their way of coping, you know, so it's just. I don't know. I, I don't like how everything is, is going. And I don't know if I've said this in a previous podcast. Um, I think I did. I think I did with my one with Jason. But it just reiterates the fact that it makes me more appreciative. Well, not appreciative. It makes me more understanding of like when old people let something real sketchy slip. Uh, you know, I've I've had I've had conversations with plenty of old folks who <laughs> after talking with them, I know that their heart's in the right place, and I know that they're not meaning to be disrespectful or meaning to be derogatory in any way, but they'll just say some stuff or say a joke that's just like, it'll make you look around the room like, did he really just say that? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I'm already experiencing that now. Like, making a joke and then everybody's like, oh, shouldn't do that. Where I made the same joke seven years ago and everybody just laughed their asses off. And to see that already happen within my lifetime, and I'm not even in my 30s yet, like, I have to extend an olive branch to you old people, man. All you 60-plus-year-olds, the ones who grew up in the era of civil rights and, and segregation and stuff like that, like, even the people that are, like, that were and still are really cool with, you know, black people and everything and, you know, some of the comments that they make, uh, it, it was just, you know, interesting. Like, I even had a conversation with one of my friend's parents, you know, from the depths of the South, like the racist South, like their whole family was like, not with it, <laughs> basically. And he, you know, was talking to me about how his childhood was and whatever. And he was just reiterating what they were saying. Um, He did say the N word, a uh, white guy. Uh, My friend was white and his dad was white. And his his son, my friend, got so he got so embarrassed and was like, did he really just say that? <coughs> and I just listened to the guy. And when he said it, he was describing how his family interacted with the word and what they thought of the word. And he was just basically reiterating how they were back in those days. And he used it as an educational tool and not, you know trying to be cool or trying to be hip or just saying it out of spite um and stuff like that is where it was like I could see if it was a few other people uh that were other types of people uh less understanding people that they probably would have uh they probably either would have threatened them or charged them but I'm still understanding of why he was using such language or whatever and everything in that nature and you know, like I said, I'm just extending the olive branch to those old people because this is already happening to me, and I'm not even old. I mean, sometimes I feel old, but nah, it's, it's, it's a lot of craziness. It's a lot of craziness. Speaking of craziness, uh, I haven't uh, researched this stuff really, but uh, I've stopped watching the news. I've stopped keeping up with the news. I've stopped um, listening to so much stuff. Um, like this this monkeypox thing. Uh, you know, I didn't even know about that until like social media and then making like memes and jokes about it. And I don't know how much I should really be paying attention to it because I don't know how relevant it is um, in my day-to-day life and what I do. Um, I'm not out here touching on everyone or sleeping with everyone and, you know, just being around who God knows who willy-nilly. But I've I've come to a mindset where I've just learned to live my own life and to do what I need to do and process things. Um, and I, I don't know, I just stopped paying attention to stuff like that. And yes, um, you know, you can call me ignorant for it. You could call me uh, anything you want. You could say that I'm, you know, trying to hide from these things or hide from my own responsibility of knowing what's going on. But it's like, what is it going to do for me? I'm not a scientist. I'm not in the health department. 
I'm not uh, <clears throat> I'm not a, a a huge advocate or savior. I'm not out here running these streets with, um, you know, a, a first aid kit and bags trying to save everyone I come across. I, I don't really have a lot of ties to stuff like that. And to focus on those kind of things when they're not prevalent in my life just feels like wasted energy. You know, there's already so much to worry about, especially in your personal life, funds, finances, dealing with family, uh, make sure you have your stuff all together. It's just too much. It's way too much. You have the entire news at your fingertips, my phone. I can see anything, look up anything at a moment's notice. Um, you know, the whole war with Ukraine thing. Um, I haven't been keeping, keeping up with it, but you know, I see, you know, I see updates here and there and it's just, it is, it is a lot. It's, it's too much to put on your brain, just constantly being flooded with all this bad information. And it's why I choose to stay away from it. And like I said, you can call me uh, stupid or ignorant of, you know, that stuff um, if you want to. But uh, at the end of the day, I do that for my own sanity because I'd rather be I'd rather be ignorant of the things that don't affect how I live my life than to be aware of everything and constantly stressing about things that I have no control over. Eventually, I might look into this monkeypox thing a little bit more if it starts to really get serious, uh, just like the COVID thing. You know, COVID, <coughs> COVID have ended up affecting us all. So I had to learn about it. And plus, I was in college, and I was a biology major. So literally, as soon as COVID popped up, all the finals and projects and research papers, almost all of them were just on COVID. So I technically had no choice but to learn about COVID and all that stuff. But, you know, things going on around here uh, and even not around here, um, if if it doesn't have any effect on how I live my life and what I need to do to make sure that I'm taken care of, I'm, I'm just not just not paying attention to it. Um, it's the reason why. Uh, other than having fun with people who made no sense, I started I stopped arguing with a lot of the political stuff online with people, um, like with the whole abortion thing and with the whole, you know, transgender things and stuff like that. Um, Instagram has already labeled me a misogynist, transphobic, homophobic, uh, all those things. But uh, you people that know me know where my heart is. I just have my own opinions. Um, I don't really voice them unless I'm having a conversation with someone I mutually respect or someone who's given me enough energy to uh, dive into those things because I'm not going to lie. Do I like playing devil's advocate sometimes? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, do I like having uh, interesting conversations about things that I have opinions about? Yes. Yes, I do. Where I like to cut it off is when you have conversations with people who refuse to acknowledge if you can't understand where I'm coming from and can't agree with where I'm coming from, those are all fine. But once you get to a point where you do not respect my opinion or you do not respect my uh, 
my time and my ability to voice my opinion, but you sit here and force yours on mine, that's where I draw the line. Um, I've had conversations with people who have completely opposite views of me, but have treated me with respect. So I treated them with respect. And we had a actually constructive conversation about things. And we could both go our separate ways, not be pissed off or any hard feelings and just have a intriguing conversation and keep it going. But people can't do that nowadays anymore. You know, as soon as they hear an opinion that's against theirs, they immediately get defensive and they immediately label you. That's one thing that I do not respect at all. You know, I had a conversation with uh, people on Facebook that I actually knew in high school about the whole, you know, transgender swimmer thing. Not once did I call anybody out their name. Not once did I ever make any type of assumptions. Not once did I ever label anybody. Not once did I ever even, I didn't even insult the, the person in question. I never... <coughs> uh, the swimmer. I never once uh, called them any names. I never once said that you know their their change that their personal choices were ever invalidated. Um, never said that they you know said anything out of pocket about their personality or their character, anything like that. And yet, yet I got called a transphobe. I got called a homophobe. I was made fun of. I, they even insulted my family who was in like, you know, my little banner picture behind my profile picture on my uh, Facebook. And it, it, it's, it was actually funny to, to see that because we couldn't agree on an outlook, you decided to insult me and my family and label me as certain things. And it just goes to show that I don't know, a lot of these people that, you know, start complaining or just have these certain outlooks and these uh, people that just immediately fly off the handle are be this, the, the main ones that are most passionate about, you know, certain things. And that's why I used to be, I used to identify myself with the liberal ideal, the liberal agenda. And now I can't do that anymore because I myself have run into a lot of liberal people and liberal ideals that um just make me I'm not gonna say make me ashamed you know what no it makes me ashamed to see people act like that now I still do have friends that are liberals uh liberal friends I still have people that have very liberal mindsets but I can talk to in uh proper conversation and I respect them and I love them however (laughs) that's not the majority is definitely not the majority of people that I come across. And I don't know, man. I just I just wish it would go back to like the the early 2010s, man, where the only time people would talk to you like that is in a Call of Duty lobby. And people that were actually educated uh, or claimed to be actually educated still had a respectful conversation about these things. I, I don't remember it being like that, man. In high school, it was it was never this destructive to have a political conversation. Now, I want to stay away from politics when it comes to almost everybody I talk to. Every time I hear something political come out someone's mouth, I immediately, if I don't know you, I'll immediately like 
Just back away. Just back away. Smile and wave, boys. Just smile and wave. That's all I'm going to do. And that's why, like, a lot of times, even now, I'm not going to put my certain opinions out there. Based on what I've said uh, and what people have called me, you can kind of, I guess, guess where my standpoint on certain things lie. However, if you were to hear me and my conversation and my arguments out, you would know that <coughs> it never comes from a demeaning place. It never comes from a place of trying to uh, undermine the rights of somebody or undermine the value of someone's character as a person. Um, you know, like I said, it's just an opinion. It's not a tell-all, be-all ideal of how things should be with, you know, a certain type of person or people who act a certain way. Never like that. But that's how they treat you. That's how they treat you nowadays. So... It's best to keep your opinions to yourself. This cancel culture is, is toxic and it's cancer. I'm a cancer, but that shit is cancer. Excuse my language. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating being in this world. Too much negativity uh, coming from all angles. Uh, you know that's why. That's why I just if you were to see me in person, I'm just a big goofball, man. I don't have time to be negative and sulking, whatever. And I believe that God put me on this earth to be an uplifter, uplifter of spirits, uplifter of energy. Uh, that's what I believe my true purpose is on this planet. If I ever don't make it as an actor, um, if I don't get the dream career that I wanted, uh, one thing that will never change and that will always stay true is that I... Uh, love helping people and I love bringing positive vibes to to people and everything so no matter what my opinions may be no matter what I may think on a certain situation I will never make someone feel any less than what they should and I will always give people the, the respect that they deserve now I will say that um, I'm also someone who doesn't just give respect just because it's due or just because I should. Um, that's one thing that's very similar with my generation that uh, that uh, the old generation really doesn't do a lot. Uh, my mom is one of those people that I've realized that she's a very strong-minded woman. She's She has her ways with things, and she's very opinionated, very strong, um, and she's not really a... Uh, a budging character she stands her ground however she continuously and uh never fails to respect her elders uh no matter what they've done no matter what they said uh she constantly respects them <coughs> now i would not blatantly disrespect my elders i still wouldn't no matter what they did however to show them a level of respect is something that I will automatically do, but if you give me any type of indication or any type of, uh, like, signature that shows that you're not deserving of said, you know, respect, then I'm going to stop giving it to you. Whereas my mom, she'll move a different way, but she'll still give you that respect. I'll do both. I'll move a different way, and I give you that respect. But like I said, I won't blatantly go out of my way to disrespect the old people. But I'm not going to talk to you as if I would talk to like my Nana or 
my grandparents that I actually do respect. Um, that's, you know, one of my biggest things. Interpersonal relationships are something that, uh, I've always, uh, I've always kind of studied a little bit. Um, it's also one of the reasons why I feel, uh, and even some other people would feel that I'm really good at, you know, giving certain advice, especially relationship advice. I feel like in my past life, I was a marriage counselor because I swear to God, I may be single and I may not have had a lot of relationships, but sometimes I feel like that being in a lot of relationships isn't indicative of being knowledgeable about relationships. You know, I was in my most recent relationship, uh, you know, was two years. And in those two years, I learned so, 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 so much, like, a ridiculous amount of information that I learned, um, not just about myself, of course, but just about how relationships are supposed to work. And I wouldn't say I was ignorant before, but there was just a lot of intricate details about how relationships, uh, survive, uh, that I definitely learned throughout that, uh, that whole take. And, um, mutual respect is definitely one big one. And sometimes when we get into relationships and we get very invested in somebody, um, a lot of times we notice red flags and see certain things and we'll do one of three things. One, which is the least common, we actually acknowledge the red flags. Um, Also, depending on how far you are into this person like if it, if you're already dating and you're noticing these red flags or if you're noticing while you guys are in like the talking stage um yeah you'll acknowledge these red flags and take them for as they are you'll either see these red flag um second you'll see these red flags and then you just won't process them that's what i did i noticed the red flags and something tipped me off that they were red flags but I just didn't properly break them down and really think of, okay, what does that red flag mean for me and the possibility that it may have to cause anything in our future relationship. And then the third is you just ignore the red flag. Um, I don't ever ignore red flags. I'm just always, if I don't do anything about them, it's always the second one where I peep them, my brain peeps them. I just either don't know how to process it or I just put off on processing it um and to me I don't think that's ignoring them I think there's a difference between ignoring and not processing it not processing it to me is like you see it (coughs) you see it you know it's a red flag you just don't know why it's a red flag and then ignoring it is almost like not even seeing it at all like you see it and they're just like, oh, that's not a red flag. That's just uh, a quirk that she has. That's ignoring it to me. So to me, uh, you know, and before in the talking stage with my last relationship, I just noticed a lot of things and saw them as red flags. I just didn't know how to process it or what that meant for me. Um, and, you know, after a while, you start to learn a lot about yourself. Um, you start to learn a lot about your tolerance and what you're willing to put up with. 
and what matches your specific uh, energy, your vibe, uh, your your mojo, whatever it takes for you to be at peace in your own household. Um, I I don't know exactly what it would be for me to find. I guess like the perfect woman. I guess I don't know. It's it. I don't want to sound conceited. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm just trying to top myself up, but for me, it's, I just think that my mom was, uh, right when she said that the right person for, for me would be someone who's just like me. And I have to agree with her. I think the, the person that would be just right for me would just be a female version of me. And some people say that that is a bad thing. Some people say um, that opposites attract, that it's best to have, uh, a lot of different qualities. So you balance each other out. However, I do also kind of believe that that depends on what kind of person you are. Um, and that also depends on how honest you are with yourself. For me, I am very fun loving person. I am a very, uh, energetic person. I'm very spontaneous person. I'm also very patient person. These are all things that I would love to look for in a significant other. However, I do know some of the things that uh, I do lack, um, like, say, household chores. <clears throat> I'm really good at doing household chores. My issue is getting into the mindset of actually doing said things, like cleaning. I'm a very good cleaner. I, <coughs> if I put my mind to it and actually put effort in, I'm a very good cleaner. However, I struggle with actually getting to psyching myself up to clean. Um, so to, to find it, I'd rather be with someone who is exactly like me than someone who is opposite of me. Because while, yes, at certain aspects, we'd be able to balance each other out and have those, you know, those things combine. I would rather, I don't know, I'd rather just get with someone who matches my energy and my vibe and then try to improve together. And yeah, some things might kind of pose a problem, but that's where growth comes in. That's where maturity and uh, growth and just overall improvement comes in because even though I know those are my flaws, those aren't things that I say are 100% fact will stay that way. You know, I'm not going to stay the guy that's disorganized and uh, got stuff all over the place and doesn't know how to clean up or blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to stay like that. Uh, It's just one of those flaws that I know I have to work on. yeah, I, I don't feel like anybody is 100% stuck in ways. When it, when it comes to habits, I'll say. When it comes to habits. Um, now, if I get with someone and they tell me, uh, you're too happy, you need to calm down, uh, yeah, not going to happen. Uh, I don't care how much trauma, how many bad things happen in my life, that I'm never going to be that person that just doesn't joke around, doesn't like to have fun, doesn't like to enjoy my time and be spontaneous. That'll never happen. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think that, uh, 
those kind of dynamics are interesting and I, I like to see uh, how people are in relationships um, like I like to find out who's been in it for the long run who's been doing it for a while and just to see the type of dynamic or the type of uh, just relationship that they've formed and to see what kind of people they are um, I think those are definitely fun to see and a lot of times when I look into things, uh, I haven't been able to look too deep into like who they really are as a people, but just what they seem on the outside. Uh, vibes are everything, man. Like, I don't think I've seen a really old couple that's still together that don't mirror each other. And one thing I can say, if we're out, like me and my most recent ex, if we were out in public... Uh, it wasn't all the time because we definitely like to joke around and stuff like that. But um, if if we're out in public, it was kind of obvious that both of us had different vibes about each other. Um, like I was just always more social, spirit, spirited, uh, open energy, uh, and she was just you know kind of more to herself. Uh, don't bother me, let me do my stuff and get out kind of energy. And after a while, it, it, you know, it definitely, it definitely dulled things a bit. Um, you know, having a person that I can be goofy with 24 seven is definitely much more, uh, it's much better for me and my soul than having someone that, you know, that goofiness and spontaneity comes out maybe, once in a while so um I don't even know how I got to this conversation anyway um yeah I've just been rambling and ranting uh I thought it was about time that I you know put out another podcast and why not just talk about some random things since you people don't comment on what I should do next you guys don't give me episode ideas um I still got to do an episode with my boy Philip as a special guest and um I'm also probably probably uh not for sure but I'm trying to be part of um another podcast podcast group with my boys uh Philip and Garrett uh still trying to you know brainstorm that and come up with uh whatever ideas we can and you know see if we can put that in the works but um yeah it was just about time that I released one it's been been too long. But yeah, uh if you are listening to this on Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook, whatever type of medium that you may be listening to this, please comment, let me know how it was, uh give me any feedback as to how to make this more engaging, give me any ideas to future podcast episode ideas. Um but other than that, uh that's really all I have for today. Um, I have a lot more stuff that I could talk about, but like I said, um, you know, we could, uh, we could just put that in another episode. This one's already running almost an hour, so might as well cut this one, uh, off for now, uh, so I don't keep rambling on as a tangent as I am even right now. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I also thank all of you who has been checking up on me since I caught COVID, uh, just seeing how I was doing and making sure I was all right. Uh, can't nothing tie me down. So I'm going to be back up at them working, progressing, doing a whole bunch of stuff soon. 
Um, at this point, it's just a matter of getting over this cough and getting out this dang house. But yeah, uh, I will speak to you guys later. Like I said, comment, please. Um, hit me up and, uh, y'all have a, a wonderful rest of your, however long it takes me to put out another episode of this podcast. But thanks. Love you guys. See ya.